It has been a week, but we are back. It is the Late Stone Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Moore, along with my co-host, Jesse Cantu. What's up? And Colin and Simon. Hello. How are y'all doing? I'm doing fine. How, How are, are you? you? Oh, doing pretty good. A lot has happened. Yes. A lot has happened in the baseball world in the last two weeks. So much that we're going to have a long podcast today. Most likely. It's going to be the delayed steal, the fourth installment of the Lord of the Rings <laughs> saga. <laughs> it's it's going to be a lot because there has been a lot going on. We're going to try to go rapid fire, give our opinions, give everything that you come here to listen for. But there's going to be a lot, so we're going to have to get to a lot. We're going to try not to be here for three hours. But without further ado, let's jump right into it. Cue the bongos. Signings, trades, acquisitions, everything's happened. Not so, one thing has dominated. There's been so many things happening. The entire baseball landscape looks differently. And as always, Simon has pretty much every single acquisition that matters. We're not going to do all these minor league things. We're no minor league podcast. We're a major league podcast. No one cares about you, Ryan Zimmerman. Exactly. <laughs> and college baseball podcast. But we are going to talk about everything because Simon has all of them. Simon, let's get started on the list of things that has happened in the last two weeks. Take it away. All right, so uh, it's kind of an overwhelming list I have here, not going to lie, but I guess a good place to start would probably be the biggest signing, being uh, George Springer going to the Blue Jays uh, for six years and $150 million. Wow. What what does that mean for the entire East, really? I just know that there was three hours where the entire baseball world was just sitting on Jet Passon's tweet, like... There's a, d- a agreement like very close to coming, but not sealed yet. And then everybody was just like, well, is he going to the freaking Blue Jays or not? I, uh, I have no idea. I think that is an, it's an incredible move for the Blue Jays. I think, I think six years from now, he might not be that good. But for the first three or four years of this de- deal, he's probably going to be ever, worth every penny. Yeah. Um, he is the bona fide leadoff man that they need because they really have two options right now that they, that they really go to. And that is Kevin Biggio and Austin Martin. And they are both terrible leadoff hitters. Not Austin Martin. I'm sorry. Boba Shett. Yeah. Boba Shett. Boba Shett. I, I understand how much everybody likes Boba Shett. I, I guess I'm a Boba Shett hater. That guy strikes out at an unbelievable clip. I'm pretty sure he has more strikeouts than games played. Especially um, for a guy that does not hit home runs at a, consistent club. Exactly. And I think his on base is like 10 points higher than his batting average. He he does not get on base enough. He I wouldn't even put him in my top 5 in my in the Blue Jays order. Yeah. I would hit him, I would slide him 6 or 7. Kevin Biggio sure does walk a lot, but he also strikes out a lot. I mean, a 360 on base is good, but but the 200 batting average scares me. He's 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 a lot like Brandon Nimmo for the Mets. Yeah. Um and Biggio, I like him better hitting second than first. With Springer, now you have that bona fide leadoff stud. Start off every game with a bang, like he did for the Astros. Um, proven postseason performer. Uh, the Blue Jays figure to be a big part of this postseason. Certainly a contender. Um, I think this was the right move for the Jays. Yeah, they definitely put themselves in a position now. They fixed what they needed to. Now they put themselves in a position to contend. Whether that what they contend for really depends on how their players fit well together or if they don't fit well together. I think that they'll be contending for the division 
no matter what. Right. Just because that division kind of is wide open right now between the top three teams. But whether they contend for just the division, whether they contend for the top seed, the top, the, uh, you know, the top record in the league, or if they mm-hmm. contend for the World Series, it really depends on how their players gel well together, how they play off of each other. And I think that a guy like George Springer puts a lot more flexibility in their rotation uh, and their batting rotation that just – that's what they needed. They had a whole lot of stagnant offense mm-hmm. that would be very streaky and that would come out of nowhere, and they were never consistently getting two, three guys home. They were always getting solo home runs and all that. Mm-hmm. I think they led the league in solo home runs last year. And it was just it, – it was a not a recipe for success. You get a guy in there like George Springer. He can get on base. He can make his own production – he will get you into the spot where those young guys can now start coming through with guys on base. And overall, their pitching has gotten better too. So now you have better pitching, more opportunities on offense. You just got to actually cash them in. Yep. Vladdy Guerrero, Boba all these guys in that order have to start cashing them in. If they can do that, Blue Jays should contend and have a chance at winning. They at least this year. Wow. Yep. Hi. Yep. Speaking of uh, the Blue Jays pitching, uh, they signed Kirby Yates to a one-year five and a half million dollar deal, and uh, Tyler Chatwood to a one-year three million dollar deal. A couple of veterans. Yeah, two what veterans. Like? Two veteran arms that will give them so they're not top of the line arms mm-hmm. by any means, but they'll give them innings. They give them production. You know exactly what you're getting from them. Uh, that's one thing that whenever you have a young team, you have a veteran. If you have a veteran, you know exactly what you're going to get out of. It makes it a lot easier because whenever you have a situation that favors them, you don't have to put in this young guy or anything like that. That you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to get. Hopefully, he'll he can make it. Now, Kirby and Chatwood know what down the stretch how you pitch in certain situations, and I think that they're going to get the job done. Will they be top-of-the-line relievers? No, but I think they'll be pretty good rotational guys in that bullpen. It'll be It's certainly an upgrade because I couldn't tell you anybody that was in the Blue Jays' bullpen last year. No. Maybe Ken Giles. Was he in it? I think so. I think. So that's really it. Um, so that's that was, a, that was another hole for that Blue Jays team was just pitching in general. They, they just don't have a lot of consistency and depth in that area. And uh, now, now they certainly look a lot better. They bolstered the bullpen. They've got some guys coming up. Nate Pearson being, being the big one. Um, I think well, they also signed Tanner Roark earlier. Yeah. Did they not? So I think they've uh, got some inning eaters and uh, some 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 interesting interesting names in this uh, total rotation for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Yep. So uh, moving on from the East, we're going. Little West to the NL or not NL West. I'm sorry, AL West with the Astros. Signed Michael Brantley to a two-year, thirty-two million dollar deal, and Jason Castro, veteran catcher, to a two-year, seven million dollar deal. This was interesting because we thought Brantley was going to the Blue Jays because that's what was reported. In fact, we even discussed it in our uh, little. We we have pre-show. A pre-show group chat where we kind of discuss things and what we're going to talk about. Uh, we were talking about this and that, and then we were just like, oh, wait, well, wait a minute. He didn't go to the Blue Jays. He went back to the Astros. Um, so that was that was very interesting. But 
I think this... If you're the Astros and you're choosing between Springer and Brantley, and now I know why they chose Brantley, it's because he's cheaper than Springer was in less years, but I just, they're going to have a problem with outfield defense yeah. in Houston. Because one of Michael Brantley and Jordan Alvarez are going to have to play left field, and neither of them can really effectively play left field. Brantley used to, but really not anymore. He's kind of had to transition to that DH role. And we have seen Jordan Alvarez with a glove on. He might as well not have a glove on. He's terrible in the outfield. Made a fool, made a fool of himself. Um, he, it's it's going to be interesting. I also don't know who's going to play center field. I'm thinking it's going to be Kyle Tucker. Um, maybe Miles Straw gets innings out there. but I, And maybe I'm forgetting somebody. But I don't... Just, just objectively looking at it, I think their best center field option might be moving an infielder out there. Yeah. It's imagine Carlos Correa in center field. For <laughs> I was thinking more Altuve, but <laughs> I didn't fully understand why they they didn't move on from Brantley. They, I mean, yeah, he's still in his, you know, I would say prime, and he can still hit. He can still give you a bat, but their outfield defense. I don't understand why they wouldn't build their team. They have an entire core infield. That is very solid still. Uh, as f- if you want to look at it in some ways, you know, people are questioning Correa and even Altuve after last season and what yeah. he's done. But if you're looking as the Astros as a whole, you're, you, you put yourself, yeah, you can still hit. Now you got Brantley, you got Castro, you can still hit. I just don't know of a consistent fielding spot in that outfield that I can say, oh, if they hit to there, that's always going to be out. That's a consistent playmaker in the outfield. And that's going to pose a huge issue with them having so many fly ball pitchers. Yeah. I don't well, know and the fact that they don't have any strikeout pitchers anymore because no. Granky's not a strikeout pitcher anymore. No. Granky's a finesse pitcher, put the ball in play, let his defense work kind of guy. But they don't have Verlander because nope. he's hurt. They don't have Cole anymore. Nope. They are down to Josh James and Jose Urquidy and uh, some other guy whose name I can't pronounce. I'm pretty sure that was on their rotation last year. Um, their bullpen is not that good. Um, so their, their, their pitching is going to rely on defense, and the infield is fine. The infield defense, I mean, if your left side of the infield is on lock. Carlos Correa and Alex Bremen are superb defenders. Yuli Gurriel is a plus defensive first baseman. And Altuve, even though he was terrible in the postseason, is still a good second baseman, in my opinion, on defense. But the outfield, like we've, we're, we're kind of beating this horse, it's, it's unbelievably bad. Because Brant, Brantley, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know why you would sign him. He, he, Brantley goes to a team that needs a DH. It's really really the only team that would make sense. Uh, it, you, that's why, like, I, as a Braves fan, people are like, we should sign Brantley. I was like, no. I mean, I don't, I'm skeptical about signing Marcelo Zuna. Because of his defense in left field, I'm certainly not signing Michael Brantley. Yeah. Um, so that's just a it's just a weird move for the Astros. I uh, see this move is the opposite. The the Blue Jays moves make me see make me optimistic. I'm um, very pessimistic about the Astros moves thus far. Also, Jason Castro, cool. I mean, who cares? It's, like it's it's good. He's a good defensive catcher, but you have Martin Maldonado, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't really Who's better? Yeah, you don't gain anything. Yeah, as a Rangers fan, totally happy that the Astros are going to stink on defense. 
hit it to the outfield, and, and, you know, Joey Gallo and Kyner Falefa and whoever else we have in the lineup that we have no idea anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, just hit it to the outfield. And you'll be fine. It's a pretty good game plan. Just hit it out of the shift. That's actually all the Rangers do. Have the Rangers hit a ground ball? <laughs> I think they are going to have the fourth. I think they're going to have a fourth outfielder because they always play in the shift. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so got the Red Sox making a whole bunch of moves. We got Kike Hernandez going there on a two-year $14 million deal. Garrett Richards, uh, former Padre and Angel, going there on a one-year $10 million deal. And uh, Adam Onovino was traded from the Yankees to the Red Sox. Uh, Which is historic. I don't think that's happened since, like, 98? Or was it? it was, it's been a long time since the Yankees and Red Sox have traded with each other. Yeah. Yankees are getting a player to be named later. I also feel really bad with this entire situation. I was caught off guard by the fact that Garrett Richards has been traded or signed or whatever he was. Because I was under the impression that Garrett Richards was the guy that had died on the Angels. Oh, Tyler Skaggs? Tyler Skaggs was the guy that had died on the Angels. Man, you were probably really confused for a few minutes I was there. like, they traded his rights? What is going on? Oh. I was confused. Garrett Richards is very alive. And, yeah, I felt really weird about that. The, the Red Sox are making moves that, you know, they do help them. But they have this innate ability to all of a sudden turn it on and be good again and... They're making moves to do that. I just I don't fully see it just because their entire team as a whole doesn't mesh well. Mm-hmm. They they aren't a complete team yet. And they have pieces now, of course, and they've got some, you know, high end pieces with JD Martinez being one of the better bats. You have uh Xander Bogarts, you have a whole lot of guys that are very good. You just don't have a complete team. I don't know if they can turn it around and be that complete team again, but they're definitely better than they were. They're not going to be atrocious, I don't think, like they were last year. Um, I am very high on these Red Sox moves as well. I, As of right now, I am pegging the American League East as the most exciting division in baseball. And I understand that the NL West has the Padres and Dodgers duking it out, but I think there are four teams that can win the division this year in the AL East. And you're, you're, you're putting the Red Sox that, that high up there. Huh? I absolutely am. So Adam Ottavino is going to be the closer, would be my guess. I think he can thrive in that role. He seems like a Boston guy, just like he was kind of a New York guy. They're very similar places. Yeah. He will they not. Each other. He will not falter in the Boston limelight. I'll say, uh, Kike Hernandez uh, really shores up their middle infield defensively. Uh, you get Michael Chavis out of second base. Um, that dude can rake. Um, right now, they have him listed as an outfielder. Um, I'm no. I think he. I think he sees a lot of time at first base because I think Boston's going to re-sign Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. Um, at this point, that's the only logical conclusion to come out of it because I think any place that needs him, other than possibly Houston, mm-hmm. is the only place that I could see actually needing a center fielder that would be able to sign him. Yeah. Um, and they just re-signed Brantley, so I don't know what their cast base <clears throat> situation is. Yeah. I, uh, I am very high on Garrett Richards as well because I was looking at his stats, and obviously I don't have them memorized, but uh, the heck, he, man. he's been very good when healthy. And last year he had an ERA hovering around four, 
which we kind of got it. Was it last week that we kind of got not last week? The last episode we kind of got into um, how a four ERA is really not bad. Yeah, I believe it was either the last episode or it's more before that. Or it may have been just us talking. Sometimes me and Harris, we, me and Harrison, just talk baseball, and we're not recording. Yeah, so I can't I can't remember if I've said it on the podcast or not. I believe so, that. Um, but that being said, I kind of like this rotation. Because it all hinges on Chris Sale, because I believe he's coming back. Yep. And Chris Sale is good at pitching. As long as he doesn't pitch like he's on sale. And then he's got three guys behind him that have shown absolute flashes of brilliance. And Garrett Richards, yep. who at one time was a Cy Young candidate, and Anaheim. It's very short. Very um, short lived. But yes. Well, it was followed up by a bunch of injuries. Yes. Um... Eduardo Rodriguez so is, is a... So was Corey Kluber. And he pitched one inning for the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez is a solid middle-of-the-rotation pitcher. Really more of a back-end guy, but it's okay to have him in, in your 3-4 slot. Nathan Eovaldi has one of the most electric fastballs in baseball from a starter. Um, and then, I'll be honest with you, I don't know who their fifth guy is, but I just think it's an interesting group. Of pitchers, you've got Ottavino in the bullpen, um, a couple other guys. Their bullpen really wasn't that bad last year, I don't believe. I don't think I, I don't remember hearing about the Red Sox giving blowing a bunch of leads. That being said, they didn't have a ton of leads no. to begin with. Um, yeah, the Red Sox pitching issues were pretty much all around, as far as I know. They would give up four or five runs with their starter in the game. They'd have it like they'd be behind like five to four at that point, and then the bullpen would just give them, you know, another six, seven runs. Yeah. Um, but yeah. now we get to the lineup. And the lineup is pretty good. It's a lineup that has Alex Verdugo, Andrew Benintendi, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Michael Chavis, who we've established can rake. Jackie Bradley Jr. Jackie Bradley Jr., if they re-sign him, which I, I assume they will. Which, if they re-sign him, they might have the best defense defensive outfield in baseball. With Benintendi, Bradley, and Verdugo, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Rivaled only by the Dodgers. Um, uh, and Kike Hernandez, the dude's going to go from playing half of his games in the cavernous Dodger Stadium to now playing in Fenway. Yep. I think we see... As a righty. Yeah, Kike Hernandez is going to set career highs for home runs and doubles this year. And triples. I actually, I see Kike Hernandez having a career year in like five to eight offensive categories. Um, he laces that ball in the right center. You can watch him run. Yeah, it's, it's, I, think he, I think that was a brilliant signing by Boston. And uh, we discussed this before the, before the episode in our little pre-show. Um, the Red Sox do this, and you mentioned a little bit earlier, they just kind of come out of nowhere and are really good. I mean, do we remember the 2017 Red Sox? Did anybody think they were going to win the World Series the next year? No, they basically won the East by default. And then they rattled off 109 wins the next year, or 108. Yep. So I'm, I'm yes, to answer your question from like 15 minutes ago, Simon, I am putting the Red Sox that high as putting them as contenders for the ALE's title. Certainly interesting. Yep. Uh, just going down the line in the ALE's, got some Yankees news. DJ LeMahieu is 
going back on a six-year, $90 million deal. Got Corey Kluber going to the Yankees on a one-year, $11 million deal. And uh, an acquisition from the Pirates in Jamison Tyone. Pirates got four minor leaguers for him. NYPD needs to put out, get an arrest for the Yankees GM because they just got highway robbery with only paying DJ LeMahieu $90 million yeah, I don't know how over they pulled that off. six years. I, I, for a guy that didn't sign for a long time, I didn't think he would take a hometown deal. Yeah. Or like, a, you know, basically what would be considered a pay cut for a guy of his magnitude. Mm-hmm. He is playing on, you know, yet again, $90 million. A lot of money. But you got to take it. New York taxes. Mm-hmm. Cost of living in New York. All these things. Yeah, he's still a wealthy man. But he could have been much wealthier. Yeah. And he signed for little. And then, like you said, they signed Corey Kluber. We have no idea what he'll do. But Mm -hmm. he's still Corey Kluber. We can see if he'll pitch two innings for them. Mm -hmm. We'll see. And then, uh, of course, the other acquisition they made is solid. I think that they're they're just retooling. Themselves, they're they saw what all the ALEs other ALEs teams are doing. They were like, All right, let's get some a couple new faces in here. We've got some opportunities to sign these guys. Let's get back into it. We have our guys, put some pieces around them, new faces. We're retooled or ready to go for the season. I think it's really good moves. Doesn't change my opinion of them like drastically, mm-hmm. but definitely improves the Yankees overall. It's it's very clear to me what they're doing because the past two years, what we've seen out of the Yankees is, my gosh, even when Aaron Judge goes down or Giancarlo Stanton goes down or they go down at the same time, they can roll out a lineup that will absolutely mash you. Their offensive depth is unreal. And they are trying to create that with their pitching because they have just loaded up on arms. They now have uh, Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jamison Tyone, um... Luis Severino went healthy. Davey Garcia. Um, I'm forgetting somebody. but uh, They've just got so many arms now that they're just stockpiling. Is, do they're, they still have Masahiro Tanaka? No, I believe he's a free agent. Now, I've seen him linked to Toronto. That's uh, what I saw. That was on Instagram. So <laughs> I never know what I can trust when I see it on Instagram. Um, but the Yankees, I think on paper. So when I say on paper, I'm taking, I'm taking injuries out of the equation. Yeah. On paper... The Yankees are absolutely the best team in baseball. They are they are the paper champions today. Paper champion. And they usually are. Yes, they were they were last year. Um I I do see good things for the Yankees um this year. I think they're gonna be extremely talented. Um I think actually the shortened season is gonna be end up being really good for them because Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton didn't play a bunch of games last year. Didn't have to really overextend themselves. Um, I think I think this is going to be the healthiest version of the Yankees that we see. Healthiest version that we've seen since 2017. I'll say Which that. Which is scary. Which, if the Yankees are healthy, watch out. Watch yourself. Um, I, I have I, a little bit too much dip on your chips. And I, I said that the East is wide open and that there are four teams that can win it. The Yankees are right now my favorite. Even with all the other moves that the other teams have made. Yeah. Or haven't made in the case of the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. I think something to note uh, regarding the LeMahieu signing for $90 million is where, where does Judge fit in the next, like, five years? They got a lot of money locked up and a lot of people with Cole, now LeMahieu, Stanton. Does, 
Alex still going to be a Yankee a few years from now? It's, it's definitely an interesting little thing because, you know, he kind of, but you kind of got painted as like the next cheater type, the next captain. The next guy. The next, the next guy in New York. But to be the guy in New York, you got to be there every day. And he's not. And then, you know, it's not really his fault. He can't help if he gets hurt. But my God, if you keep on getting hurt, I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees moved on from him because they're, they're going to be like, look, we've got Stanton for a long time. Yeah. And we've got LeMayhew. We've got Glaber Torres and all these other bats. They may let him go. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't because I, I'm a very I'm a very big Aaron Judge believer. But I, it wouldn't shock me to your point, Simon. I think it's interesting um, to see what happens in the next. Because when is his contract up? Uh, I think he's a free agent, like three years or something. Oh, three years. I mean, but in three years he may have an he may finally have an MVP. He should already have an MVP, but that's. That's another here and there. To the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Imagine an outfield with Aaron Judge and Joey Gallo. God, that'd be probably the tallest outfield in baseball. Exactly. <laughs> now, I, I think that they'll I think that they'll keep him around, but yet again, the biggest question that I always have is who is paying for this? I don't understand where they would have all the money to be able to keep everyone, especially with all the guys that they've already signed. Um because if unless Aaron Judge continues to drop off, never gets on the field, they're gonna have to pay him another large sum of money yeah. to stay. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to keep him around, but I think they will definitely try to. Yep. It's it's just the only logical explanation for them to try to keep their next guy, especially with the way that they marketed him. That's yep. that's their guy. They gotta to try to keep him around. I agree. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we got a nice little three team trade which uh, involved Joe Musgrove going to the Padres, uh, Joey Lucchese going to the Mets, and the Pirates receiving four minor leaguers. Pirates won this deal, and I can't believe I'm saying that. They got minor leaguers. They got... They got what they wanted. They're already the youngest team in baseball, and they got younger somehow. They're going to have... They're going to... They have so many different prospects that they can just try out. Yeah. It, some of them are bound to hit. It's kind of like what the Braves did with their arms. You know, like for the past, like a, several years, the Braves just had all of these young pitchers. And you were sitting there like, well, you only got five guys in a rotation, so I don't know what you're going to do. And now they've got this kind of too many good pitchers problem. The, the Pirates are going to end up having that good too many good uh, position players problem. Yeah, they. I think they're doing this thing where, you know how on, uh, on different... Things like Madden, 2K, even MLB The Show, where you kind of, you're trying to get a team and just completely rebuild it. Yeah. You basically look at every competent player that you have and then trade them for prospects. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They find, Josh Bell, you're competent, right? All right, get yourself out of here. All right, Musgrove, yeah, you're pretty competent. All right, we're going to get you out of here. And they're getting getting the next generation of guys, and I think that they're going to have too many players, uh, like you said, but that's a good problem to have if you have too many good players. Problem is, is that it's the Pirates, and there's a possibility that they just won't hit. Yep. And that's the that's the fear, but whenever you have so many guys, there's one, some of them are bound to hit. I think that they will. And right now, they're, they're embracing the suck. Yep. They're embracing the... The rebuild, and if they continue just to say we're doing everything to rebuild until we find our guy and then we can rebuild around him, then that 
that's it. So be it. And they'll do that. And the Padres, this interests me. Because Joe Musgrove, where does he fit in this rotation? So obviously their number one starter. Uh, I don't know if Mike Clevenger is playing this year. But if he is, it's him. Yeah. He's the ace. Then Blake Snell. Then you Darvish. Then Denelson Lamette. And it's got to be Joe Musgrove. And am I forgetting anybody else? Uh, Chris Paddock. So I'm going to get to that, but am I forgetting someone besides him? Is my question. Because I want to say that I am. don't think so. Yeah. Not that I Because Zach Davies went to somewhere else. In a trade, did he not? Didn't he go to he did. the Cubs? I believe so. Okay. Trade. So, I, I think Chris Paddock, they lost Kirby Yates. Kirby Yates was their closer. Yep. I think I think Chris Paddock is going to become the next closer for the Padres, and I'm not sure how he will like that role. I was going to say Chris Paddock doesn't seem like the the adaptable type. Yeah, personality wise, but stuff wise, that dude has closer stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely. got he's got a power fastball and a wipeout slider, yeah. a pretty good changeup too. You know what a hot take is? You know who should be the... If you have an issue with that and you need to find a closer, you know who should be the closer? You Darvish. You throw you Darvish as a closer... Oh, man. He just comes out there and throws seven different pitches? Exactly. All he has to do is throw... You say, okay, don't throw the same pitch twice until you're done. He can. And he'll do it. Yeah, like, what if he he doesn't like it? What are you going to do? Scream at you in Japanese? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. You sit there like, oh, well, can't understand him. Go out there in the ninth inning, buddy. <laughs> I, I think that would be hot take. I don't think they're going to do it. I think the paddock might be. I think they may use a... Six-man rotation. Six-man rotation. They'll try to figure out some stuff. Be on the lookout for them trying to make a trade for somebody like Jose LeClerc for the Rangers. Make a trade for a young guy that they would have to give up some... Uh, minor leaguers for but I think that they would probably be able to do it if they can get a young guy or a guy down the stretch that can help them possibly maybe even a trade deadline deal to ensure that sure up that thing and really I mean I I would just call up uh, old Ray's manager Kevin Cash right what's his name Kevin Cash yeah Kevin Cash yes Kevin Cash and be like hey uh, can I have one of your bullpen guys one of your closers. 15 closers that you have. <laughs> they're all closers, so might as well. Uh, yeah, they, I think that they're going to just try people out. If one hits, then one hits. If one doesn't, then they'll try to make a move for them. Yeah. I don't think they're going to try to convert anybody. Yeah. Six-man rotation is just too nice, especially after a shortened season and with a long season ahead with COVID. I think that just having a six-man rotation is a little bit too nice for them to yeah. pass it up. And with the injury history of you Darvish and Mike Clevenger, yeah. it'd be nice to have exactly. uh, extra days rest for them each time around. Exactly. Speaking of pitching, Nationals signed a couple of pitchers, being uh, John Lester on a one-year $5 million deal and closer Brad Hand on a one-year $10.5 million deal. Great moves for Washington. Yeah. We've been on the Washington bandwagon. Since before they made all their moves. We really liked this team before going into Josh the season. Yeah, before Josh Bell even came. We, because we, we understand how good Juan Soto is. 
And that pitching staff. The pitching staff now? Now, John Lester is not the Cy Young contender he once was. But John Lester is your number four starter? That is not bad. He's a solid one. He is basically the same thing as Anibal Sanchez was in that 2019 World Series run. Lefty. The lefty that can pitch game four. He's an experienced postseason pitcher. He always rises to the occasion. Um, as your fourth guy, I love it. Brad Hand steps into that. Uh, I mean, he may not be the closer because they've still got uh, Sean Doolittle, and I believe they still got uh, Daniel Hudson. Uh, yeah. So the bullpen got a lot better. Um, this this Nationals team, they're they're scary. As a Braves fan, I'm very intimidated by the Nationals. Not that I shouldn't say very because we're really good, but I am intimidated by the Nationals because I think they can make a lot of noise this season. I think they're constructed very well. I think they're only going to be a couple. Right now, I think they're only a couple games behind the Braves in yep. the AL East. I think that they're going to, or NL East. I think that they're going to contend for most of the year. I think that they're going to, the Braves are going to kind of keep them a little bit at arm's length, but mm-hmm. I think that they're going to contend for most of the year because they're just that good. Yep. And I think we may see an interesting series possibly pop up with the Braves and the Nationals in the playoffs, oh, which would be yeah. a legendary series. Absolutely. The pitching in that series? The pitching in the National League. National League pitching is just incredible this year. We need to have another bubble so we can go watch one of the games. Yeah. Gosh, that was so much fun. The World Series. Or you went to the NLCS with me. I got to go to the World Series. Yes. Um, Oh, it was fantastic. I got to see... I got to see Brewstar Gratterall, like, in person. Yep. That dude is unbelievable. Yep. If you don't know who that is, look him up. He casually, and I'm not kidding, casually throws 100 miles an hour. On the black. It doesn't even look like he's trying. It's unreal. Like, I'm scared of what it would look like if he, like, actually, like, you know, threw a baseball like a normal person yep. <laughs> who tries. It will be insane. Yeah. Some incredible stuff. Doesn't, doesn't he throw, like, a 102-mile-an-hour sinker? Yes, I saw that pitch too. Because we, me, me and my friends, because I've got that big old video board and it tells you what the pitch was. Two. And we, we, we watched it and then we looked up at the screen and we were like, that was a sinker? 102 miles an hour? What? It was, it was I know insane. I, that's how I know, no matter if awesome. I got injured or not, I still had no shot making, doing anything really. Oh, yeah. I, I may have been okay at community college. <laughs> Maybe Major League Baseball is a different animal, man. Is yeah. that all that the Is that all that the Nationals did? Uh, these past couple of weeks, yes, it is. Okay. No. Uh, so they signed a couple of lefty pitchers, but so did the Angels. They signed Jose Quintana to a one-year, eight million dollar deal. The Angels are confusing. It's an older dude that used to be good, and they signed him a little bit, overpaid him. The same story. He's gonna be okay. Yep. Not good enough, and not gonna be able to stay on the field. Yeah. It's just the same story that the Angels have done. If I was an Angels fan, I would be ticked off in my organization, just because they do the exact same thing. It's insanity. They do the exact same thing, and they expect something different to happen. Yep. And I don't. I don't see anything different. With I think Todd. the Angels are the Houston Texans of baseball. Yeah. Exactly. Wasting the career of a generation, two generational talents. Yep. Insane. Like, how do you how do you have Mike Trout 
and Albert Pujols on the same team. And, and make the playoffs once. Yes, exactly. That is unreal. Now, I think this is if, if this is the this is the year for the Angels to pounce. They need to go get pitchers. And this is a good start. Quintana is a good start. They're moving in the right direction. This 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 is a wait and see move. And not wait and see how Quintana does, because I think we know what Quintana's gonna do. He's gonna hover around a a four ERA and get a lot of strikeouts. But I want to wait and see what they do next. If this is the peak of their moves, what the heck. But if this is the start of adding arms to supplement this rotation in order to help their lineup that has Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, and it really doesn't matter who else is in it. They've got some other good names, but those two right there are two of the top ten hitters. I'll say top six. Two of the top six hitters in baseball. And I'm alluding to Trevor Bauer. Because I think he would be a great fit in Anaheim. But this this just can't be the only thing the Angels do. If it's if it's a start of a uh, flurry of moves, good. This is a good start. But if this is the only thing they're going to do, they're going to hover around 500 and waste another year of Mike Trout's career. Yep. I mean, they, they do have Mike Trout for his entire career. I yes. Think, I get what you're saying. Uh, another another big move, actually a giant move, really. Liam Hendricks signed a really big deal being a reliever. Signed with the White Sox for three years $54 million. Yet another move that happens right after we start, right after we publish our podcast. Yes. This happened approximately 30 seconds after we hit publish. Uh, huge move. White Sox making another, make just... Making more moves, they're loading themselves up to be that central team. I think they are that central team at this point. No. I mean, who's contending with them? Uh, Minnesota. But are yeah, they really? but as far as a team that has to, actually has a chance in the playoffs, you know? Yeah. Like, a team a, that won't get swept. A team that's won in the last 20 years, you know? Won one game in the last 20. I, everybody says, oh, yeah, they haven't won a series. No, they haven't won a game. Like I think yeah. they're 18. 18 game losing streak. I want to say it's 19. And yeah, that's insane. But it, yeah, I think that they are the team. They have just loaded themselves up, put pieces in every place. They are now, like we said last year, they were a young team a year ahead of their time. Now, and they had holes in some places. Now they're a complete team. If they can mesh well together, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And Contenders with whoever comes out of the ALEs. Yeah. It's, uh, they're going to be exciting. They're going to be electric. And they were last year. Um, they're going to be very fun to watch. Um, I like this move a lot because pitching was an issue for them last year, bullpen especially. Um, I think they've addressed some issues. Uh, they, on, on, on paper, they're, they're a top three team in the American League for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe top two. Um, so they're going to be exciting. I'm very, very interested in seeing how this team works out. Because uh, they've got some guys that are, like, really good that might not play. Like, Edwin Encarnacion, because he was terrible last year. But, like, historically, Edwin Encarnacion has been awesome. But he might not play on this team, which is crazy. Yeah. So I am very high on the White Sox. Very interested to see what they do. Um, right now, they seem to be winning the offseason. Well, it's between them and the Padres. Um, 
which makes me skeptical because the team that wins the offseason typically doesn't do well in the regular season. I'm looking at you, Cincinnati. <laughs> um, but they're going to be... They're, they're, my, they're my most interesting team in the league, I would say. Yeah, they're definitely the team to watch this season. Yeah, uh, I think second best value for money deal this offseason besides maybe one may use signing is Jerickson Profar signing with the Padres for three years and $21 million. They believe in him, and they want him to be that guy that will play almost every day but in a different position. He definitely can do it, and they believe in him. They, he, I guess Jerickson's finally found a home. He's never been a dominant player, never has settled into one spot, but they, he's found a team that needs multiple guys in multiple areas, uh, and that's what he'll probably do for this team. He'll probably play, almost, play seven positions. He'll play seven positions, and he'll almost play every day, but... Yeah. What do you think about just how much they paid for a guy like that? Um, I mean, if you got the money to spend, you might as well. $7 million today. Which I don't know how they do. Is not crazy. It's crazy. Um, like $7 million, $7 million, $7 million today. It's kind of a bargain. Because um, it's $7 million a year. Um, for that role, I mean... I think Jerickson Pofar is perfect for that role. Um, he's not a starter. He's not an. He is not your. You cannot lock him into one position and be like, "This is our second baseman." No, 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 no. He is going to be able to mimic somewhat, and in some cases, upgrade the defense at every position when he makes starts. And we talked about how how I said that uh, the Padres. We're going to have the worst middle infield defense in baseball. Uh, Jerickson Profar is going to help that a lot. Filling in for Tatis and, uh, oh, the second baseman they signed. I think his last name is Kim. Kim. Yeah. Kim. Um, the, filling in for those two. Filling in for Manny Machado here and there. Uh, probably won't see much time at first base because Eric Osmer and Mitch Wallander are there. But he is the super utility man. I think every good team needs that. Um, I'm very interested to see how he does. I I I like the signing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I think it's a little bit too, a little bit much, but I think that it's yeah. a great signing. Especially, I'm glad that Jerickson finally found a home. We couldn't provide it for him here at the Rangers, but I'm glad that he finally found one in San Diego. What were you saying, Simon? Uh, I I really think it's a pretty good deal. Seven million dollars a year for someone who's going to play all positions at really good quality he's a solid defender everywhere and for a guy that's gonna bat like 260 270 he's gonna hit like eight home runs and drive in 40 over fully here i mean i think that's pretty good value for money and he can get on base yep uh, paid seven million dollars for a whole team (laughs) (laughs) yep i like it but yeah other than that that's that's all the big signings. A lot of signings these last two weeks. So much to digest, man. It wouldn't have been so bad if we, we had, if we hadn't taken last week off. We yeah. probably wouldn't have had such a crazy episode. Yeah. But there was just so much to get through today. Um, before we get into Simon says, I do want to uh, take a moment to remember Hank Aaron. Yeah. Uh, we posted about him. Oh my gosh. I am as a Braves fan and as a baseball fan, I was just devastated by the news. Um. But let's remember, I don't want to spend this being sad. 
Let's remember how amazing this guy was. This guy is absolutely in the greatest of all time conversation. Yeah. He is. He is. He is the, and Simon's going to get mad at me. He is the true home run king. Yes. Barry Bonds is not the, what? He's top two. He's top two in my mind. He, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying Barry Bonds was, was seven ahead of him. Uh, I think, what, what did Aaron have? Seven. Seven fifty five, I believe. Seven fifty-five. I think Bonds has seven sixty-two. Yeah, so seven. Uh, can we can we agree that Royds at least takes away twenty of Barry Bonds' career home runs? I think we can agree to that. Okay, so then 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 Hank Aaron is the true home run king. Now numbers wise, I'll give it to Bonds. He technically is the home run king, but Hank Aaron, in my mind, is the home run king. And you know what's funny? If you took away every single one of Hank Aaron's home runs, he would still have three thousand hits. That is stupid. He's an RBI guy. He's on a base guy. He was a hit guy. He was Roberto Clemente and Babe Ruth had a love child. He was yeah. literally he was the so guy good. And he was a Clemente. good defender. He he just did everything. He was he was amazing. Uh, he is in my book. I think he's I think he's top two infielder to ever play the game of baseball. Yeah. He is still the RBI king. Yeah. Yeah. And he will be. For Which the, people will tell you the RBI is dead. I don't believe that it is. Um, Whenever you bat or run in, you get points. Whenever you get points, you score more than the other team, then you win. Yeah. RBIs are not dead, and they probably will never be dead. Yeah. They're still they're still a big they're still a big right. deal. Now they're factor into winning ball games. Yeah. Um, Hank Aaron, he was just incredible, um, an absolute legend in the game. Uh, can't say enough about him. Very sad to see him go. Great guy, um, one of the better gentlemen in all of baseball. Yeah, just an incredible, an incredible human being, ambassador for the game, Hall of Famer. Um, and my, I think it's safe to say he's definitely a top five position player of all time. Yeah, probably top three. He's easily. I would say top three. I'd say top, top two. Yeah, I that I think because I'm not I'm not putting Mike Trout in this conversation because Mike Trout's not there yet. He's just on pace. Yes. Because we can't we can't truly talk about the goat and Mike Trout until and I am I am the biggest Mike Trout fanboy there is. But you can't seriously entertain it until Mike Trout's career is over. Yeah. You can only project. For me, there's a lot of talk about Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, those type of guys. Up at the top, but I think that as far as infielder, I think that Hank Aaron is the guy. Yeah. Um, but I just want I just wanted to touch on Hank for for a little while um, before we got to Simon Says. Yes, we will get into a quick a quicker Simon Says this week, but nonetheless, it will still be very interesting talking about a very pressing subject in the baseball world. Without further ado, cue the dramatic intro music. The MLB Players Union has declined the latest proposal for a universal DH because it included expanded playoffs. They did not want the expanded playoffs. They just wanted the universal DH. They have decided to go on with a DH in the NL this year. No, without a DH. Without a DH in the NL this year because they didn't want to expand the playoffs. 
indefinitely. Simon, what is your Simon Says about this subject? All right, so I think personally a DH in both leagues would benefit all parties, both fans and players. Uh, it means you don't have pitchers getting in harm's way in the batter's box and means you got more offense, more fun to watch. Uh, I guess this is controversial because pitchers like to hit. Maybe that's kind of something they're sold on. But uh, apparently lots of people in the MLB don't think so. So what do you all think? Uh, you can go first. A lot of it's the old people that want to see like the sanctity of the game. Listen, if you if pitchers actually could rake, you wouldn't need a hashtag for it. Mm-hmm. You like they can't actually rake, and I think it just it it gives everyone wants to talk about making baseball even more interesting. I think it is interesting, but I think people are making it saying have one league go into what the other league's doing whenever the other league has better hitters. Yep. Then the American League does. The American League overall does not have incredible hitters. But if you put the National League and have all these guys have now a DH slot to be able to hit, and now you're just not watching a pitcher out. <laughs> Pop hitting. up a bunt to the catcher. Oh, you popped it up. Oh, he bunted. Oh, small ball. Like, I mean, no actual, no baseball fan or no non-baseball fan will watch that and actually be intrigued I mean, by You can it. still have small ball in the American League. I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Rays. Exactly. So... I want it as well, but I did not want it <coughs> like like the uh, players' union. I did not want it in accordance with a expanded playoff. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that the MLB is trying to push so much, and I think that the MLB Players Association and the players' union are just saying no. Do not want expanded playoffs. We don't want half the league making the, the playoffs. We want the sanctity of the playoffs to be. Oh, you actually are good. You had to make it in. Right. And as fun as these playoffs were last year, I don't think that should be the case. I really want a universal DH overall. But, yeah, I just don't want it at the expense of a expanded playoff format. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you both. I mean, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. The, NL, the, the DH has to come in the NL. And I was on team, no, I want the NL to keep the pitchers hitting until last year when I saw the DH in the National League. And I was like, wow, this is electric. Because you saw how good the offenses in the in the National League were when they had a DH. And but that being said, while last year's playoffs were fun, it was also ridiculous because the Brewers had no business being in a playoff series, and the we ended up with a Astros team that had a losing record, one game away from making it to the World Series. This is not Mark Madness. Those teams with losing records, having a Cinderella run is not is not fun in Major League Baseball. There should be five teams. If we're going to expand it, we should use my format that I laid out a couple weeks ago with six teams. But no way should it be like seven or eight. That is way too many. Too many bad teams are going to make it. And also, that whole format last year was ridiculous because the, the Astros ended up being a six seed when they should have been an eight. Because they were the second place team in their division, but they had like one of the worst records in baseball. It was unreal. So I don't want I want the National League DH. But like Harrison said, I don't want that expanded playoff because Major League Baseball is just gonna butcher it and make the playoffs nearly unwatchable. 
if yeah. they if they continuously expand the playoff like they want to. Yeah, uh, I don't Actually, want. DH also gives Carl uh, Kyle Schwarber a job. <laughs> yeah, they give a lot of people jobs. Yeah, and I think especially if you find yourself on an NL team, I just I I think that it I think that it gives so much more opportunities, and I think that the MLB is just trying to finagle in. It's kind of like you know the government they'll put a bill out and then headline it with oh COVID stimulus bill, and then they like add in all these other things that they want to do. That's what the MLB is trying to do. Yeah, they'll they try to headline it. Oh, we're giving you a universal DH. Oh, here's all these other things that we kind of want to do suck that aren't very popular. I don't think anybody wants the National League DH more than the Cincinnati Reds, considering they have like five third basemen employed on their team. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's made. I think that they need to have it. Universal DH just makes it so much more interesting, so much more fun. Get a lot more offense. I think that National League pitchers are just like, okay, we still get to hit, and we also get a free out. So yeah, we're not too mad about it. But everyone else wants to. We want to see it. Eventually, it's going to happen. Hopefully, we'll be able to come to an agreement in the next couple of years. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. That was Simon says though. A lot less eventful. But yeah. definitely constructive. We want to see it. And we are going to start a petition because that is how our generation gets our voices heard. And it definitely works. Oh, I thought we were going to, you know, burn stuff. Oh, yeah. JK. We're not going to start a petition. We're going to start burning things. No. That has been the <laughs> Delay So Podcast. Before <laughs> we get canceled. anything canceled, let's head to the outro. <laughs> it was another one. Another edition of the Delay So Podcast. And yeah, it was a long one. Yeah. We did kind of rapid fire most of it. We yeah. don't go down rabbit holes. This episode, opposite. Opposite. This opposite. This episode, we did not go down rabbit holes. We didn't do anything. But how do we feel about it? Feel about, you know, season's coming up. Things are ramping up. A whole lot of signs are happening. The MLB is shook up. It's it shook up and it's starting to ramp up. The there's there's about eight teams I can legitimately see. As World Series contenders right now. Which is usually the case. But they're different every year. And these teams are getting more and more loaded. More and more talent. We will be incorporating when the season comes up. College baseball talk. Mm -hmm. Local high school baseball. For those of you who don't know what local is for us. That is DFW area. We're going to focus on teams like Arlington Martin. uh, Argyle. uh, Bimbrook. Kennedale somewhat. Just because I am the announcer for their games. Um, and they actually have a bright future. Um, my little brother is on that team. They're going to be pretty good. Um, but the, those are kind of the, that, that area is where we're going to be focused. DFW high school. high school Baseball, if you hear names at DFW High School Baseball, you will start hearing those names in college yeah. and at the next level. You'll hear those. Mansfield names. Legacy. Mansfield one. Legacy, a lot of games like that. I will be going to... A lot of Dallas Baptist games this year. Yep. Dallas Baptist, one of the premier programs now in Texas. Yep. And uh, you'll be hearing me a lot. Whenever uh, Dallas Baptist faces off with Tarleton, you'll hear me and Jesse get into heated conversations. It's just because <laughs> I have a friend on Tarleton. Exactly. <laughs> and he thinks that they're, he's better than any pitcher that we have, even though I think we have four pitchers that have been All-Americans before. And this guy just Doesn't transferred matter. out of junior college and made second team All-Region. Just wait. <laughs> so it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be able to have a lot more conversation, a lot more interesting conversation that what isn't all centered on MLB. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to talk about some up-and-coming prospects. We'll be able to talk about... This is a baseball podcast, not just an MLB podcast. Not only an MLB podcast. We got everything going on here. And it will all be coming in the upcoming weeks. 
really got nothing else to say. Yep. Till next week. See you.